I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 19 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I really appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about guns. It took what seemed like about 37 seconds after the tragic mass shooting in Oregon before President Obama was calling for more gun control. It's almost like a Pavlovian response. Gunshots ring out and politicians start salivating to pass more gun control laws. Of course, the impulse to do something in the wake of a tragedy like a mass shooting is understandable. It's human nature to want to make sure something like this never happens again. But the cold, hard truth is that no matter what we do, we can't prevent every tragedy in life. As emotions fade, most people recognize this. Cooler heads prevail. That's why politicians strike while the proverbial iron is hot. In the hours after a tragedy, people feel vulnerable. They feel fear. They feel outrage. These emotions provide the ideal environment to get things done. As Rahm Emanuel famously put it, never let a crisis go to waste. And that, my friends, is why we need the Second Amendment. It's a line in the sand. It says, federal government, you shall not infringe, no matter what. Period. Now, for all of the talk in America about the Second Amendment, most people don't get it. The vaunted NRA doesn't even really get it. Even among the strongest supporters of gun rights, Americans today hold the view that the Second Amendment allows for reasonable federal regulation of firearms. But look, the Second Amendment doesn't say, shall not infringe, except dot, dot, dot. Listen to the definition of infringe. It's a verb, and it means to act as to limit or undermine something, to encroach on. Simply put, the federal government may not constitutionally act in any way that limits or encroaches on the right to keep and bear arms. Now, it's important to keep in mind that even without the Second Amendment, the federal government would have very little authority to craft firearms regulations. It may only exercise delegated powers. All others are reserved to the states and the people. We find the only power delegated to Congress related to weaponry in Article 1, Section 8, under the section Arming the Militia. 
The Constitution nowhere authorizes any general federal firearms regulating power. But even so, under the original Constitution, the federal government could conceivably regulate firearms in the process of exercising another legitimate power, particularly regulating interstate commerce. But the Second Amendment slams that door closed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So, while under the original Constitution, you could argue that the Commerce Clause empowers the feds to restrict and regulate the sales of guns, ammunition, and gun-related accessories across state lines, the Second Amendment supersedes the Commerce Clause whenever a given regulation encroaches or limits the right to keep and bear arms. Make no mistake, there is no wiggle room. So, while we're on the subject of guns, here's something that drives me absolutely batty. People who run around and talk about their Second Amendment rights. Seriously, sometimes I wish they would have called the Bill of Rights the Bill of Prohibitions, because that's really what it is. It doesn't give you rights. There is no such thing as a Second Amendment right, or even a constitutional right. The amendment simply prohibits the federal government from interfering with a right that you already have. Not because the government says so, but because you are a living, breathing human being. In fact, the right to keep and bear arms is really part of a broader natural right, the right to self-defense. Again, and I can't emphasize this enough, no document gives you this right. Think about it. Guns are banned in England. They don't have a Second Amendment. But that doesn't mean Brits don't have a natural right to self-defense, right? Of course they do. But their government violates that right. In his paper, The History of the Second Amendment, legal scholar David Vanderkoy traced the right of self-defense back to Blackstone and English common law. Blackstone held that the right to self-defense was integral to the preservation of every other right. Here's how Vanderkoy put it. Blackstone described the right to keep arms as absolute or belonging to the individual, but ascribed both a public and private purpose to the right. The public purpose was resistance to restrain the violence of oppression. The private right was self-preservation. Blackstone described this right as necessary to secure the actual enjoyment of other rights, which would otherwise be in vain if protected only by the dead letter of the laws. End quote. The Americans carried this idea across the Atlantic with them, and it weaves its way through the very foundation of American political philosophy. St. George Tucker wrote the first systematic commentary on the U.S. Constitution and stood as one of the preeminent constitutional scholars through the 18th century. Tucker called the right to self-defense the palladium of liberty. Quote, the right of self-defense is the first law of nature. In most governments, it has been the study of rulers to confine this right within the narrowest limits possible. End quote. You certainly cannot argue this isn't true today. Okay, I admit I'm jumping around a little bit today, but here's something else that gets under my skin. These people who say nobody needs an assault rifle. Who are these people to tell me what I need? I mean, can I wander through their house and decide if they need all of their stuff? I'm sure they have plenty of crap I don't think they need. So, does this give me some kind of right to take their unneeded stuff? According to their philosophy, 
Apparently so. Okay, one final little gun-related story I just have to share. An organization called the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence posted a meme on Facebook a few weeks ago. It read, quote, Open carry teaches children that violence is an acceptable way to resolve problems in a modern democratic society. So here's the irony. If these people manage to make open carry illegal, and I do it anyway, what happens? Well, some guy with a gun will show up to take my gun. He will probably proceed to lock me in a cage. And if I resist, well, he could very possibly shoot me. So apparently, the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence believes wholeheartedly that violence is an acceptable way to resolve problems in a modern democratic society. In fact, that is their preferred method. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Mary Head. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and spread the word. Do the social media thing. Share it with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. You're welcome to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next time.